and welcome to yet another episode of A Novel Evening. Uh, as always, I'm Danny. You can find me over on Instagram, it's at Blotted Ink Books. Uh, and <laughs> I am just, I'm just crazy excited uh, about the guests that I'm getting on this podcast at the moment. Um, and this week is absolutely no exception. I am recording with the incredible Carrie Thomas, who is the author of Thread Needle. Um, I'm sure you saw it all over the Instagram feeds. It is possibly the most beautiful hardback that I own. The story itself is equally beautiful, full of magic, uh, full of love. Uh, It's a really twisty, turny little slice of magical fantasy. Uh, So if you've not read it, you absolutely need to get yourself a copy, check it out, and let's have a look at her novel evening. So a huge hello to Carrie. Hi. Hi there, Danny. Nice How are to you? talk to you. I'm good. Um, got a cup of tea, settling in for the evening. So you look very yeah. cozy, actually. You look very <laughs> well, it's been quite a cold spring day. Um, and I just, yeah, I felt like I needed to put on a cozy cardigan, get a cup of tea, and we've got an, a literary evening ahead. So I mean I've I've gone for wine. Some wine, I've made the wrong decision. It's been a long <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> and I'm like, Thursday is basically Friday, isn't it? So I should not be drinking tea. This was you should not wrong. be drinking tea. <laughs> anyway, so thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm really excited to to chat with you. Um, I was a huge fan of Threadneedle. Um oh, I absolutely loved it. Also, it looks ridiculously beautiful. It's a very beautiful cover. It's so beautiful. When you got that, how did that feel when you saw the spreads and the cover? And it was it was really surreal. It was like, um, yeah, just completely overwhelmed seeing it brought to life. And there was a part of me that was like, this isn't totally how I've imagined it, which was a weird moment because you, I'd been in my head for so long. Um, so I was like, is this? And then I was like you know what, it's so beautiful. And it's actually amazing that somebody else has been able to kind of take it and create their own sort of perception of the novel. And now I'm just completely in love with it. And I think it's it's captured things that I hadn't even really um, kind of thought about. So it's absolutely unreal. As soon as I think, I didn't even know what the book was about when I pre-ordered it. I saw it and I was like, I think I saw magic and I saw the cover and I was like, I'm just going to buy it. And that's what <laughs> How was it? Yeah. So obviously you kind of have published kind of during the pandemic, you've written and worked on it during the pandemic. Um, how was how did that kind of feel? Um, well, I wrote most of it pre-pandemic, but yeah. um yeah, it was all the editing and everything like that during lockdown. In, in a way, I kind of made the joke at the beginning of the pandemic that it wasn't that different for an author because I given up my job sort of a year and a bit ago so I've been kind of working from home spending a lot of time in my own head um I just then had my husband at home as well so (laughs) um and I couldn't go out to sort of cafes and you know get the kind of buzz of um the city and things like that and actually it was quite a tumultuous time because we moved house I, I was pregnant so it was all go um but yeah I think just the editing process kind of drew me straight back into into the story and I've, I kind of have a way of being able to shut out the rest of the world um very all useful the at the time at that time yeah <laughs> with all the covid stress um was kind of able to to dive back into my um 
into the, the world of magic, which is a, an escape. And also to, to welcome a, a baby, congratulations, Cersei, but to welcome a little one, not only in the midst of COVID, but also whilst publishing your first book, I want to say brave. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I mean, that must have just been so surreal. Um, yeah, I kind of found out I was pregnant and uh, got the, the book deal in the same month. So I was like, okay. All the, the hormones must have just been outrageous. <laughs> yeah, very emotional. Um, and then a lot of just how am I how am I going to do this? But once you're sort of in it, you you have to just uh, sort of find ways to to cope. Really, I think that's just the tagline for parenting. Actually, I think that's just once you're in it, you just have to find a way to cope with it. <laughs> no point looking back. You just got to move forward. Not trying um, to do what you can with plus children. I think it's amazing um and I, I imagine it was quite easier in some ways with sort of the events and things for a book that a lot of it was remote when you've got a little baby yeah in that way I mean it did you know Covid was terrible and so many um terrible things but it timed sort of slightly well in that way in that I didn't have to sort of go all around and um, I don't think I could have managed at the time with uh, breastfeeding and not sleeping and everything. So <laughs> it made um, that a little bit easier. But it, the, the paperback's coming out next month and there's lots more events planned. And I think I'm actually going to get out and meet people. Um, you get to experience so, both. You get to experience yeah. the COVID launch and the everyday launch. <laughs> exactly. It'll be a very different experience. And, you know, this, it's kind of in some ways you know nervous going out into the world and taking the book out there but then also really nice being able to finally see people's faces and connect I um and just go to some bookshops and do some signings you know just just small things like that in the local area and yeah so I'm looking forward to the paperback release I think it'll be definitely more fun (laughs) and is it as beautiful the paperback it is actually this the same cover so they they sort of love the cover so much, and I think people have, have responded it so well that they were I like, see you know, why. Gonna do it. <laughs> I can see why <laughs> it is. It <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. I don't blame them at all. And yeah. are we allowed to know what you're working on next? Um, yes. Yeah, so really, throughout that editing process and the pandemic and the baby and everything, I've also <laughs> been working on book two. Um, so hopefully, it's not too uh, delirious, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I've been been working on book two for a while and almost finished. So mm-hmm. on the last chapter, actually. Um, and then lots of editing, but the plan is for that to come out next year. Um, and I've also written another book, which I think I can reveal because it's about to be kind of revealed. So Ooh, okay, um, mm. it's set within the same world. So it's just, it's a novella. Um, so not anywhere near as long as Threadneedle, but it's a, a prequel based around Rowan um so we all know Rowan but people who haven't read the book she's one of the the main characters in uh the coven and yeah she's the funny one I feel like she's the one that everyone sort of really liked and responded to really well so um yeah the publishers thought it'd be fun to kind of have a in half a voyager thought it'd be fun to have a kind of sort of delve into Rowan's background a little bit more so um it's about her the summer before Threadneedle and she goes to Wales um which is where I live right well you know (laughs) I know exactly so she goes to Wales to stay with uh, a kind of crazy aunt um who belongs to the work cunnings who are the witches in Threadneedle who are kind of the 
the green witches, they work with plants, and this particular witch is a hedge witch. Um, and yeah, the book's going to be called The Hedge Witch. So <laughs> that's, coming out, that's coming out in the summer. And it's, it's, it's much lighter than Threadneedle. It's still set in the same magical world. So it kind of extends it, but it's also, um, it's a lighter story, more fun. You know, Threadneedle is, it's got lots of fun in it, but it's got a definitely it's a, a darker, darker side. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely um, is. Yeah, whereas this has definitely got the Rowan feeling to it. So yeah, so and I love the power structure in in your world. It's so intricate and so interesting. How was it to kind of keep tabs on the magic that you were building? Was that quite complicated to write? Um, I think at first it was all very natural, sort of researching and just kind of feeding my way through what sort of felt right for the world um and I had lots of google documents and just keeping track of everything and and Threadneedle came out really quickly but um I've also been thinking for a long time about other books because I I don't love it when you f- you feel like an author has just written one book and doesn't have a plan I I, I like to think that it's all going to weave together so that's always been really important to me is to know everything that's kind of coming um, and so it did get to a point where I was like, there's so much now. <laughs> I've, I've planned so much ahead and I've got so many parts of the magical world that, you know, you haven't even seen. Threadneedle feels like just a, a tip of the iceberg there. And so I have, I've moved to actually a Scrivener, which is a, a software for writers. I really like Scrivener. It's so much better to keep tabs on things. <laughs> so I had to do the kind of painful moving everything over process. Um, and but now I've done it I feel like a lot more in control of you know keeping track of the magical world and I think you you do need to sort of yeah stay in charge of that otherwise it can get a little bit overwhelming and you can start having you know discrepancies and things that don't fit and I so yeah absolutely I think that's when it stops feeling real in fantasy as much as fantasy is fantasy you need a little bit of reality to be able to kind of relate to the story I think Exactly. You still sort of feel your way, but now I've got like a foundation on Scrivener that I can get referred to. <laughs> so um, wait, wait a minute, what can they control? <laughs> oh, so I'm expecting now from your evening, I want to guess there's going to be a bit of magic. Yes. I was yes, going to say, I, I've gotten to the point now where I like to try and guess some people and some people I have no idea or they completely shot mm-hmm. me, but I'd be surprised if there's not going to be just a little bit of magic. Yeah, there's definitely some magic. Okay. I think it's quite a strange mix of people, oh. <laughs> but we'll see. I feel that's a disclaimer. We are actually you're not yeah. the first person to make that disclaimer. <laughs> and usually people are like, but they're completely random. I don't see how they go together. And then as we chat about them, like, oh, actually, so and so would actually get on really well with this person. Yeah. And that's what a yeah. host does. That's what you have to do when you hold a party. You just have to hope. Yeah, that one gets so on. You can, see. you can see how it fits. And I've gone mainly fictional because I feel like it's more fun yeah um than going authors <laughs> okay okay so where are we going to go to start with where are you going to take us um well I'm going to caveat this by saying I was going to just go with the Shire because the Shire is like my safe space um <laughs> which part though that's the important bit like which part of the Shire are you headed to well, it just it was- like bag end yeah just just I just want to hole up in one of those little you know little huts and <laughs> just occasionally come out to garden but I decided to go with something else because it felt it felt yeah 
too obvious to go with the Shire. So I'm going with something completely different and a oh. little bit witty. Um, I'm going with The Chocolate Shop from Chocolat by jo Joanne Harris. Because, you know, what evening shouldn't be in a chocolate shop, firstly? Literally. Literally. And that book is so, that for me encompasses magic in a way that is so real. Like you could yeah. truly believe that this woman could blow into any town you're in and set up a chocolate shop yeah. and it'd just be incredible. It's the smells in that book as well. Exactly. Yeah, I love Joanna's writing throughout the book. She's, she's just got this masterful way with words. She can capture everything in just a few perfect words. And um, yeah, her description of the chocolate shop, it, you know, throughout the book, it feels almost like the words are edible, you know, as you're reading it. Um, so I've always wanted to go to that chocolate shop. Um, and I felt like, yeah it, yeah, it has to be the place we go. And also, like you were saying, that book has magic in it. And I think it has got a real witch witch element. That was partly why I chose it. You know, the witch is a red needle. Um, and it's it's got that kind of witch, witch hunt dynamic, which is my favorite. Yes. And chocolate, which is always good. And chocolate, exactly. It's that scene for me with the dinner party when all the dishes have got chocolate like incorporated and they're pouring on like the on the little quails and things, and exactly. that is sublime. I actually did once go to a chocolate uh, restaurant for dinner in <laughs> in Singapore. Um, my husband used to live there and we went to, for like a special night in Marina Bay Sands, that uh, amazing hotel that looks like a huge ship. Yep. Um, and we went to a chocolate restaurant. And I have to say, if you have every meal, every <laughs> course as chocolate, it <laughs> doesn't work out that well, actually. Like, oh, can we just have something salty for like five minutes? Yeah. Just some bread. <laughs> Um, so I suggest that we have yeah a nice meal with maybe some chocolate sauces or something and then finish with some chocolates and maybe some uh, some hot chocolate with some spirits or something you know oh um, yeah I'm game yeah, yeah. Irish up our hot chocolate <laughs> that's what exactly. you need okay so I'm imagining I'm imagining there's a table in the chocolate shop that we're all gonna gather around and eat some lovely food so who's the first mm -hmm. person you're gonna invite um, well, I thought we have to have Vianne there. So she's the chocolate shop owner. It's yeah. This is a, an obvious uh, choice, but she has to be there because she makes the chocolate. And um, in Chocolat, one of the things I kind of love about her brand of witchcraft is like the making of the chocolates is actually how her kind of witchcraft, you know, flows through the book. And she has this way of um, kind of seeing into people's souls and knowing what the exact chocolate is the right one for them to kind of I love that bit when she's trying to guess it's Rue isn't it the the chap who comes and she can't guess his chocolate and I love that I think yeah. I'd be really obvious actually <laughs> like yeah you're just straightforward truffle just here we go <laughs> I'd be like white chocolate milky bar or something like that <laughs> I feel like yeah we're, we're we're gonna ruin her her art here we're like just yeah just throw us a bar of chocolate. We'll be fine. <laughs> Just like dairy milk. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, she would have to be there. We need her magic to fill the room. And to kind of soften, soften everything and to get us all out of our shells because she, she kind of knows the chocolate that can tease us all out. So yep. we got to be in and she, she's the resident witch there um, as well for the night, which we need. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the next one. The next yes. character. Um, so I wanted someone from 
Patrick Rothfuss's name of the wind or <laughs> I'm sensing you're a fan I'm a big fan and so few people bring these books up and every time go. someone does I'm like that's so where is the third one <laughs> we're on a level you yeah we need I need to know all your favorite books now so if, if you're yes. a big fan I trust you um <laughs> Yeah, I've been wait, been waiting a little while for that third book, but I I I really have faith in Patrick Rothfuss that it, when it comes, it's going to be incredible. I think he's just unbelievably detailed in his world, so I can imagine it's taken a long time to plan it all out. Yes, um, it is going to yeah. be just a trilogy because if this comes out and there's then a fourth one, I might cry. Yeah. It might be a full yeah. breakdown. <laughs> well, I think somewhere I read somewhere that he said. I think it is a trilogy, but he said it's also a prequel. So the whole trilogy he referred to as like a prequel to the big story that's coming. <laughs> so who knows what's going on in that man's head? He's how old will we be when this comes out? <laughs> we'll be, yeah, in our 90s, but we'll get there. We'll read it. It'll be worth it. So which character from uh, The Name of the Wind is coming? Quoth seems obvious choice, but I because I love him. But I'm going, so he's the main character for people who haven't read the book. But I was going to go with uh, Master Lodin, who's the, the master namer at the oh. university. There's like the university of sort of magical arts within the book that the main character, Quoth, goes to. And um, yeah, Alodin teaches naming, as you know. And, yes. Um, and I think I'm interested just, by that choice. Well, he's... He's a very fun character. He's kind of a mad genius. He's got that sort of twinkle in his eye. Um, and the fact that he teaches naming, I think naming is one of the most interesting aspects of the whole book. You know, it's kind of finding the sort of the name, the magical name within each object and like the, the magical essence. Um, but it's something that you can't learn in a straightforward way. So all of his classes are always a bit mad. They always have to do weird things. Um, I always like that scene where he he sort of tricks Quoth early before he signs up to a lot of his classes. He tricks him into burning one of the master's rooms, um, and that's just the kind of guy Aladdin is. He's kind of a reckless. He's a bit just of a, a lot of fun. <laughs> and he's, got a, he's got a dark side as well. I think he, yeah, he was the I think he was the youngest to be let into the yes. Arcanum. And he spent some time in the mental institution that's on campus. Um, always worrying if you have to have a mental institution on campus. Yeah, I was going to say, when it needs to be on the grounds of the university, that's a bit yeah. worrying. Concerning. But he he goes there and he escapes. So I feel this is a man that's going to have some And they still keep him on and hire him. <laughs> and they hire him. And then he carries out ins very insane classes. Um, but yet at the same time, his class is sort of genius because he does manage to sort of get Quoth to think differently and to start using his sort of subconscious mind to think about magic and to so open maybe him up. Maybe he teach us some things. I think he could teach us and also some great stories Absolutely. and we can tell us more about the world because I mean we if we both love you know the world that, that is in you know the name of the wind and um we can just ask him loads of questions all night. He can refresh me on the plot before the third book comes out. That's true. We can just use him as just kind of Absolutely. A... Okay. This is a nice mix. So there's a little undercurrent yeah. of magic here. I'm liking it. Chocolate magic. Okay. Who's coming yeah. next? 
I'm, I'm thinking, I feel like now I'm sticking with magic. <laughs> okay. Actually, my last, my last two aren't, aren't that magical, but this one, um, I wanted to go with a fairy tale character because I love fairy tales. They're very influential in Threadneedle. Um, and I wanted Baba Yaga, who is kind of, I don't know if you, you know, but she's I like, have heard of Baba Yaga. Um, <laughs> I have a different version to the one you're inviting, though. Well, yeah, she's she's pretty ferocious. So she, yeah, she's in sort of Slavic folklore, but I don't think it's just Baba Yaga. I mean, it, she's kind of in lots of fairy tales and that she's that kind of old woman in the woods, that wild hag, that old crone. The Hansel and Gretel house. The, yeah. yeah. She's going to eat you. She's going to put you in the oven. She's probably going to eat you. Um, Fun. <laughs> which doesn't sell her initially, but I'll, I'll explain a bit more. Um, firstly, I just wanted someone from fairy tales because I think they're not like normal stories. So it'd be interesting to have someone to kind of tell us about the fairy tale realm um, because it's this sort of magical place. Um, and then I thought Baba is... She's a fun character because she's she's challenging. You know, I wanted a kind of cantankerous, chopsy, doesn't, you know, care for niceties, a sort of unapologetic old woman. I feel like we don't get enough old women represented. Obviously, she is the more extreme <laughs> type of um, sort of cronish figure. But I also believe, yeah, when you meet her in a fairy tale, she is like a challenger. So it seems like she's going to destroy you and eat you. But actually, she's kind of, if you can face her, she's kind of going to raise you to a, the next level, you know, in, in the fairy tale. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is how I've kind of. Also, it'd be interesting to see if she's been misconstrued, if actually she is just a feisty, takes no nonsense old lady. And because of that, she's a monster. Exactly. I think there's been a lot of propaganda against her and I think she's she can tell it her way. Um, I mean, she lives in a house that exists on chicken legs and whirs around. So that, if anything, is a great <laughs> conversation starter. I don't um, know that aspect. <laughs> I've probably done too much research into her. With, how many chickens are needed to run a house around? That's not how many chicken legs? Like a hundred? I think it's just I think it's just four giant chicken legs. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this is definitely what it is. I'm talking about fairy tales, obviously. I've, I've no sure it's, just, it's just four. Yeah. It's like grand designs. Four. Pretty sure she just needs the four for the structural <laughs> purposes. Exactly. <laughs> architectural plans on that, and uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and yeah. It's another. I think the bolts and shutters of the house are made of bones. So there's some disturbing things there. But I think there's been propaganda against her. I think we want to hear her side of the story. I think she's really powerful and if you can kind of become her friend she's going to actually yeah sort of challenge you into um emerging the reborn I've gone a and bit I don't deeper. think bones are used enough in decor these days I think that there's something to be said for she could bring along you know a little a little bone uh ornament yeah a little thank you I like your reasoning actually and I think it's sometimes good to invite characters or authors who are not the easy choice you know who are a bit difficult you, you need that one who's going to sort of shout slightly crazy things across the table and <laughs> make everyone think um and also yeah she's kind of been an influence on the character of Nana in Threadneedle yeah. so I I've yeah, I can sense that yes I thought about her a lot and I've come to love her 
I think she's kind of merged in my head with maybe my own character there and I just want to want to meet her and also I think she could drink us all under the table oh God, literally I wouldn't even try yeah. <laughs> be him the Russian vodka shots going <laughs> oh my goodness and they'd be like vodka chocolate shots wouldn't they vodka chocolate yeah there you go. Mm, so okay. Getting out of hand. I probably should have saved her for the end. I think. <laughs> Maybe it's too late now. She's already on her way. Then, Who's coming next? Who's going to turn up to this absolute chaos? This is completely different. I'm going to go Tess of the Durbervilles from Thomas Hardy. Okay. Yeah. I a little you. out of keeping, but yeah, she's a wild woman in her own way. Yeah, I think I'm going with the sort of spirited women throughout. Um, she obviously has a very tough time in the novel, um, but she, you know, throughout it all, you know, she's kind of trapped by the societal conventions at the time and um, all the impossible standards she's held to and the men in her life in that novel um, who both sort of use her and, and, and misuse her in different ways. Um, and so I felt I wanted to bring her out to have a night of indulgence because she doesn't get that. No, she doesn't book. get to just let her hair down. And the only her time she does go out well. doesn't end well. <laughs> it doesn't end well. Her life just gets harder and harder um, throughout. And I always kind of loved her, I think, because of her sort of that sort of innocence in her that she always keeps believing the world is, is a good place. And she has that kind of connection to, to nature, which I always really related to. Um, but I think we need to give her a good talking to about her love life um, yeah. and kind of put her on a different path <laughs> before it's too late. Um, so it was a little bit of an intervention bringing Tess. And also I just felt like she she deserved a bit of indulgence. Because, to be fair, Baba Yaga will sort her out. She'll give a waffle. <laughs> She'll give us some of those chocolate vodka shots. Yeah, uh, tell And then Tess okay, is on old Alec. Yeah. And Tess will, yeah, will be over Alex. She won't be going back to Angel. Yeah, it's all going to be fine. I'm trying to change the ending of one of the greatest <laughs> novels. <laughs> all time. Um, that right out. Okay, yeah. how many more people have you got coming? Uh, two more. Okay, I think that's a nice number for a dinner party. I think that's a nice, mm -hmm. a nice group. Okay, so you've got Tess has arrived and yeah. she's up with Baba on the side of the table. So who is next? I'm now questioning my choices and going, does oh. this work at all <laughs> as a group? But I think it, it could. Okay. You, you can help me and see how, how we can make it work. Um, I was going to have Elizabeth Salander from Steve Larson. I wanted to go different. Oh, she's Someone cool, knows. though. I, she is a cool yeah. character. She's very cool. It's been a long time since I've read the books. Um, but I just remember loving her because I think she was so completely different to me you know she's like well she's badass I don't feel like I'm super badass <laughs> and she she's got all these amazing skills she's like a computer hacker she's got a photographic memory um she can kind of make these clear-headed decisions these very rational decisions without sort of involving emotion um whereas I tend to get sort of bogged down in, in overthinking and too much emotion so I think that's why I always kind of liked her and um she's also yeah she's tough she's very tough she uh she has been dealt much like Tess she's sort of been dealt a very bad hand in life her life isn't really her own she's controlled um 
she has a guardian who kind of yeah um controls everything and is quite abusive and but she manages to take back control of her life um in a very intense revenge scene which i'm not going to go into um it's a very good scene though it's a very powerful scene it is powerful um it's one of those things test a thing or two about how to get your own back exactly i feel like her and tess we sit them together we say maybe that's there as well just to g them up a bit exactly we say maybe tess don't reenact that because it's pretty intense <laughs> but just take take the spirit of taking your own you know life back don't and become uh, his mistress later <laughs> yes and maybe uh Lisbeth can give uh her taser to Tess she always carries this taser around yes! I remember in the book I was like that's that's pretty badass um so yeah I just wanted her there because she I think she'll be very intense um but interesting and she'll bring a she'll bring a very different dynamic as well. She's sort of non-magical in a way. She's almost like super the other way. Um, so it'll be a nice balance. Okay. I'm not mad yeah. at that choice. I'm not mad at it. I okay. think I can understand your reasoning. And I I fancy her just a little bit. So I'm fine with this. Yeah. She's very cool. She's tattooed. very cool. Yeah. She's okay. cool. She's bringing some cool into the chocolate shop. Um, and now I have no long- idea who your last person is. <laughs> So the last person I was going to go with an author, um, I changed this several times, but I decided, well, let's just get Terry Pratchett involved because he he's a jolly guy. I think he's going to, he's going to lift everything. I can talk to him endlessly about how, how did you create the world that you created? I've actually got um, a little copy of Mort here yeah. that I bought the other day. Yeah. <laughs> See, we need him there. Exactly. Um, Genius. And he's just so funny. And I think we need that. We need the funny guy. Because Aladdin's funny, but in a like slightly scary way. Whereas Terry Pratchett will just bring... They're all a little bit scary, apart yeah. from Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Poor Terry. I definitely, uh, yeah, ne- lean towards the darker characters, as you can tell. Yes. Yes, this I think is- you need a bit of levity there. to Just in yeah. case things get a little heavy, you need someone who's going to break the ice with a joke. Exactly. We've got Tess and she's she's very nice too. So we can maybe sit them together as well. Yeah, um, he can he can rescue a little bit when it all gets a bit intense with Elizabeth yeah. and Baba. We can sit in the corner and be like, we're not doing any more chocolate polka shots. It's too many. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, Let's just go roam the town and do something wild. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our Motley crew. Now, yeah. the people that you don't want to invite, you've Gone for quite dark guests. Um, mm. <laughs> who is not welcome at your party? Because it seems like anybody can come at this point. <laughs> yeah, and and actually, I well, I think I can raise this with an with an even darker two people who can't come. Um, yeah, Ooh. I was going to invite this this one, and then was like, that's insane. He can't come, obviously, because he's uh, he's horrendous. Um, so it was Gronwy from Perfume by Patrick Oh my Sussman. God. Yeah, my friend just read this book and she messaged me. Uh, she's causing typewriters on, on Instagram and she messaged me and was like, oh, I'm going to read Perfume. And I was like, do not eat while you're reading <laughs> it. Don't eat. Don't be like doing anything that involves food shortly after. It's, I, it's gross. Yeah, it's, it's such a testament to the writing, but it made me feel physically ill. Yeah. He, I, I, it's one of my favorite books because it's just so, yeah, the way he writes, it's so completely immersive and you're like in this 
world and yeah to, ex to explain a bit more right from we he has this like superhuman sense of smell so he can smell everything the subtlest of details but also across vast distances but because of that and it's it's like 18th century France um, <laughs> where everyone smelled brilliant there's a lot of horrific smells de in detailed incredibly throughout the book um and even when he kind of smells nicer things he wants to track them and <laughs> destroy them <laughs> so even though I because it's one of my favorite books and he's such an interesting character um I was like we should get him there but then I was like actually he is a murderer and <laughs> um he does try and capture the scent of young virgins and I just feel like that's the wrong energy you know to bring into I would agree I yeah uh, I did a great time but he doesn't he doesn't you know turn it around like Lisbeth and you know he yeah. kind of uh, he just gets worse and, and worse but I, I still there's still a part of me that always love that book and um despite its intense smells um but yeah like I said not a great dinner party guest no. I think Lisbeth would probably kill him anyway yeah she would she absolutely would now I'm a bit scared yeah. who the other person who can't come is yeah possibly even even darker um I just thought uh, to go to go big so big brother from Orwell 1984 we don't want big brother there um I just think this chocolate party is you know it's about indulgence it's about you know it's a it's a lovely evening it's freedom we're here to be free exactly. I'm thinking of that Moulin Rouge line you know this is this is truth freedom beauty love, and love. <laughs> night and uh we yes. just don't want to have a totalitarianism overlord um regime sort of ruining that uh yeah so i'm not inviting big brother i think that that book's always kind of got to me ever since i read it when i was a teenager and it stayed with me as the most terrifying villain i know it's not one person but it's a sort of regime but um you know the way that they use all these very subtle methods to um kind of control people not just in society but actually in within their own minds um yeah so it obviously we don't want that I think it says it. a lot about British culture that what we did was take that and make it into a channel four series <laughs> where people are watched yeah. over 24 7 so we can see what they're doing I think that's <laughs> yeah that's true in fact, we don't want the big brother of, of Orwell's. Any of them, yeah. And we don't want the later big brother either. So none of the big brothers, none of the big brothers can come. We I want to experience that. In our dinner party, we want some privacy. Um, yeah. So, I yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a that's a pretty dark one that maybe outdoes all of the uh, the, the dark ones that I invited to um to attend. I think so, and I think you've got dark people, but they're dark people with a, a good side exactly they I think they all yeah they all root for the, the yeah for the they're good. complex but they're moral I would say yeah no one's kind of uh yeah using intense propaganda to <laughs> take us or all down murdering young so, women to make sense so. <laughs> those are my two not invited um very wise yeah. choices I'm yeah. very impressed with your evening I think there's a couple of little curveballs um <laughs> But overall, I think a, a chocolate party. I don't think anyone's done that yet either. So I think you're the first person mm -hmm. with, with chocolat. Um, I love it.
And I like how much thought you put into it. <laughs> I did. I thought too much about it. <laughs> it was fun. It gets, it gets you thinking and you're like, oh, but that character, that character, but that they wouldn't go together. Okay, I need to, yeah. I like to I say to... mine would be that deep thinking, but it would just be people I fancy. It would just be loads of hot guys. <laughs> I did <laughs> Probably a Rivendell. <laughs> I did say to my husband, I was like, so I have a quaff from... Uh, yeah, the King Killer Chronicles. Maybe I'll have Jamie from Outlander and uh, Legolas. And he was like, is this just <laughs> people that you fancy? I was like, yeah, okay. Actually, they're incredibly intelligent. They're all very intelligent. Be intimidating, the intelligent evening. Um, I'd be willing to take that chance, Carrie. I'd be yeah. willing to see if I was intimidated. <laughs> they're all good storytellers too. Okay, maybe we'll have to rethink this, invite a couple of them. They can be from the after party. We yeah, you need the after dark part. You imagine yeah. Baba with some exactly. elves. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know what to do to Legolas, but it'd be worrying. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I ask everybody when they come on what they are currently reading. So, do you have a current read? Um, I do. Okay. I it's actually not fiction. Well, I have, I'm always reading fiction, but I'm, I've got a, an audiobook I'm listening to that I just wanted to bring up because I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's Shonda Rhimes. It's her year of yes. Don't know if you've come across it. I've um, heard of it. I've not read it or listened to it, but I have heard of it. So, yeah, nonfiction, but I didn't know much about Shonda Rhimes, particularly other than just seeing Shonda Van come up while I've been watching Bridgeton. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say exactly the yeah. same. And she's yeah. obviously a Grey's Anatomy. She did Grey's Anatomy right. and um, a couple of other, well, some huge TV shows. Um, Private Practice, I don't think, I, I've not seen that, actually. Um, but she's just grown and grown into the, this sort of yeah, human entity. Yeah. Um, but her books, it's been really fun listening to. She's such a character and she talks about how long she's kind of been writing and working and, you know pretty intense non-stop she's also had children um and she kind of reached a point where she yeah it's called the year of yes which sounds a little bit like that danny wallace book where he decides to say yes to is that what became a film with like jim carrey in it or something yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit like that but it's a larger than life character when she, she narrates the book herself um she's so funny so full of life she's done all these amazing things but it's kind of a book about her vulnerabilities where she admits um she's actually a kind of shy introverted writer who's kind of always escaped into a little uh sort of magical world um and she has never wanted to put herself out there and sort of do you know all the, the public side of things um so I found that really interesting and definitely you know as a writer you can relate to wanting to hide away in, in the magical world um and she ends up yeah saying yes to Jimmy Kimmel and doing all these incredible things of being completely terrified that she sort of wow. talks through it um and she also talks about motherhood so I, I feel like I really related to her on that stage where she was just saying um I can't do it all she kind of has this whole chapter where she says you know people always ask me how do you do this and how do you raise kids at the same time and she's like it's time that we all just start being honest and saying like you can't it's yeah. not possible you feel like you're doing well with one, you're failing at the other. You're doing well with the other, you're failing at the other one. And um, and yeah, she kind of talks about how she has to help and you know all the 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 way she has to kind of all the things she has to put in place in order to be able to cope. Um, yeah. And how it's really important just to be honest about that. So I I just found it really refreshing 
Um, I'm only halfway through, so I've still got more to come, but it's a really fun read. Um, well, actually, I, I'd advise it to listen to it just because she narrates it herself. Um, yeah, so that's my current oh, read. I like the sound of that. Yeah. She, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Do you and know what your read's coming up? Have you got kind of... Um, I, yeah, because I've, I've just finished Empire of the Vampire, which I was going to talk about as well, but that was very epic. But I've been, I've been sent a proof, so it's, I don't know much about it yet, but it's called The Toll House, and it's been given to me as a Welsh ghost story thriller. Um, the author's Carly Regan, so I haven't, I think it's a debut novel. Um, yeah, and I think they thought that I might be interested in it because of the Welsh angle and the sort of thrillery angle. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to start reading that. Oh, that does sound, that sounds up my street, actually. And I think yeah. I might have seen it, but yeah, Empire of the Vampire as well is, it's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beast. Just finished that. So that's kind of been my fiction read. Um, it took a long time, <laughs> but it was incredible. It's incredible, the illustrations and the... Yeah. I it's, don't know how we've created such a, a complex world and plot and brought it all together. And um, I've just finished, so I'm reading the um, Nevernight trilogy. Oh, uh, okay. Just read books one and two. And again, in that, it's such a complex world and characters and power structure. Yeah. Is it set, Is it a different world? Because I, I, yes. now that I've read Empire of the Vampire, I wanted to kind of start looking into his all of his worlds <laughs> yeah um, this and is I a different world it's kind of roman inspired it's got kind of a ancient rome feel to it whereas okay. the other one's kind of got like a french kind of yeah european-y over uh, over there. um yeah i'd quite like to try out nevernight next um based he's the on... king of the cliffhangers and shocking plot twists yes some great twists throughout the book um and this, it feels, it's got that kind of King Killer scope to it. It feels like this is just the beginning of a much more epic story. And it's already incredibly epic, the first book. So, um, yeah, you sense there's a lot more to come. But I also, he he seems to write very quickly. So I don't think... He's writing book two at the moment. It's, it's in Maybe. the throes of being written. So hopefully, I mean... Maybe next yeah. year, maybe? It's the same as Sarah J. Mass. Like she writes these ginormous books. So fast. Geniuses. That's what I say when I'm like, I don't understand. They're a genius. <laughs> yeah. so sort of I'm here trying to write 50,000 words. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> How do they do this? I know. Well, thank you very, that. very much for coming on because you probably want to try and get some sleep while your little one is sleeping. Well, it sounds like he has he's gone down. So yeah, hopefully I've got the rest of the evening to myself. So maybe you can actually have that wine. Yes. Let's get the wine. I'll get some chocolate. I feel like that's necessary now. And um <laughs> sit down and tell my husband about my weird choices. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I think that's the, the perfect evening. Thank you again so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. It's been really fun. The reasons to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. 
your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry, to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola, to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.